Hello and welcome to another episode of The Shift Change, our podcast about all things nursing. We are your hosts, Michelle and Claire. Increasingly in the media, we're hearing about healthcare crises across the country, from rural and remote communities to large urban centres. Sometimes it seems like every day there are new headlines about medication shortages, emergency department overcrowding, and acute care services shuttering their doors due to staffing issues. The strategies and resources needed to remedy each of these issues are numerous and complex. One key part of our healthcare system in Canada, though, are our primary care clinics. A primary care clinic can look like and function in many different ways. Essentially, though, primary care includes any of those places people make first points of contact with the healthcare system, whether that's getting a prescription refill by a local family physician, getting treatment for an infection by a nurse practitioner at a student health clinic on a university campus, or getting routine wound care from a registered nurse at a clinic, or a range of other services and providers. Whatever the specific need, having a robust primary care network is one of our country's greatest defenses against capacity crises in emergency departments and hospitals. Today's guest, Serena Eaglin, is going to share with us all about her role as a primary care clinical nurse specialist. Thanks so much for joining. Welcome to The Shift Change. This month, our special guest is Serena Eagland. We're going to talk about all things primary care. Thank you so much, Serena, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Maybe we'll get started by having you tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about your nursing career, and things like where have you been in your nursing career? How did you get there? How did you get to where you are right now? So I live in Vancouver and I work in Vancouver. The fun stuff in my spare time, I have a giant dog I like to hang out with and I play soccer and a rock climb and um, like exploring the city and all of the great things that come with Vancouver. And actually nursing is what brought me to the city as well. So I grew up and did my nursing degree at Thompson Rivers University in Kamloops and had a really good undergrad experience so far as instruction went. But by the time I got to my fourth year, I was still unconvinced that I actually wanted to be a nurse and I didn't really know what to do with that. And then in my fourth year in my community rotation, I was placed at Ask Wellness, which is the um, aid service organization in Kamloops. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like I met such like the staff and clients who access the service were so amazing. And just to see, uh, though I don't really like the word resiliency, like the resiliency and the optimism and the outlook I saw in that community um, people living with HIV and people who working with them really resonated with me. And it's where I got introduced to concepts of social justice as well. And uh, I was like, this is where I want to be. So you, I mean, you may have experienced this too. Many people get tricked into thinking they have to work in an acute care as nurses um, to start. This is something I wholeheartedly disagree with now after nearly a decade of experience under my belt. But I did like understand the benefits of doing so. So I applied for a placement on what was uh, then Tennessee at St. Paul's and it's now the urban health unit and I think it's 8A, but back then it was inpatient care for people living with HIV. And so they accepted my application 
and I packed up and moved down to the coast and like more of this same experience just met some really amazing people doing my preceptorship patients and staff alike and got like met all types of people and got to know a little bit more about that social justice piece when I wrapped up my preceptorship though I was like I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive nursing as a career working in acute care. Though I love the unit and I love the work that they do on the unit and they really get it. I had some big challenges with with inpatient care, not not with any particular unit or anything like that, but more the idea that people come in and they're sick and we give them care and they go home. And to me, home and the community is where health is built. And having no like understanding of the context of people's lives and just seeing that small snapshot, I really felt like it was not a place where I could make an impact as a nurse. So right out of school, I started working at Crosstown Clinic, which was then um, the Salome study and had previously been the Naomi study. And it looked at if a hydromorphone was as effective in addressing opioid use disorder as diacetylmorphine or heroin was. Um, you may, I'm sure you both heard of that. I worked there and then I transitioned into what is now their regular program. But through my couple of years at Crosstown, I was still really, my heart was in HIV care. And so I did a little more education while I was working at Crosstown. And then I moved on to the John Rudy Clinic at St. Paul's, and that is primary care for people living with HIV. And that's really where I found my love of primary care nursing. I spent a few years there as a primary care nurse and then as a substance use disorder nurse. So it was more a specialized position at that point where I did primary care provision, but also did a lot of things like substance use assessments and treatment applications. And then I moved on to do outreach for people living with HIV um, with the STOP team here in Vancouver. And the goal of that team was to connect people to primary care um, and to whatever care they needed. So I still got to like keep that primary care thread. And a lot of that role was an extension of primary care nursing. But I had had this desire that I had had since I've been in nursing school to like better understand what it was like to try and have your healthcare needs met while you were struggling with um, not having proper housing or with using substances and wanting to use less substances or not having income. And like how I was really interested to see how we as nurses and how a system could meet the needs of people living in that context, in those contexts. So after a couple of years on the STOP team, I took a job as a clinical educator for uh, the primary care program that I still work in. I was in the educator role for three, three years. I loved it. Education is so fun. It gave me an opportunity to meet all the nurses in the program coming in. And the best part of teaching to me is actually the learning. Like I learned so much, not just about developing education, but I learned so much from all the staff who came through, from the peers who facilitated with me about the broader system. It was really amazing. And now I've been in a role of clinical nurse specialist for the last year, still with the same primary care program. And um, I took on this role 
I really loved the educator role and I wasn't in a rush to leave, but I was really looking forward to seeing an area where I could potentially affect a little more change within the system. So I took on this role. I've been in it for a year now and the care that we provide at our five primary care clinics is primary care for people who are unhoused or underhoused or precariously housed, living in shelters and have two or more chronic conditions. So often most of our patients are uh, living with substance use disorders or struggling with substance use, have some mental health challenges, other conditions we see frequently are things like COPD, HIV, hepatitis C. And we have quite a diverse client base and staff base. So very happy where I am now. And I will, I'm likely to be in primary care for the rest of my career. Thank you so much for that answer, Serena. That's, it's so exciting to hear about your passion when it comes to nursing. And Michelle and I love untraditional paths in nursing or people who kind of find their calling in a certain area and then gravitate towards that. And so it's just so exciting to hear about the amazing places that you've worked and all of the experience you've gained and how it's landed you in this place where you feel like you can make a difference. That's so, it's just so great to hear. And thinking about that and reflecting on your experience in primary care, can you share what have been some of your greatest successes or greatest kind of high points and then some of the challenges as well that have come with working in primary care over the last several years? Yeah, that's a really good question and one that I feel like I reflect on a lot and have to reflect on a lot, um, especially working in a healthcare system in a primary care system uh, that's frankly broken right now. Like I try and do a lot of reflection on, on, on what has gone well in our system and in my career and all of that to like help lift me up and move forward. And I think the greatest successes and struggles is a bit of a double edged sword when I think about it. So in the last nine years that I've been a nurse, seeing some of the harm reduction initiatives be implemented in our city and our province has been a real success and having been part of those implementations has been a real high point. On the flip side, the people who I've worked with through my career are disproportionately impacted by a lack of access to social determinants of health and often feel like there's no real political will to promote the health of people who use drugs or people who have other structural vulnerabilities. And that can be really, really hard. Seeing a community fight for what I believe are basic human rights and standing alongside folks while they do that, only to feel they've really been ignored is absolutely a struggle. And sometimes it's so disheartening. But when I step back and I look at what's happened over the past nine years since I've been a nurse and um, coupled with some community volunteering I do as well, I can see that there have been quite significant improvements. Like we've gone from one supervised consumption site in BC to dozens. What else? We've done away with requiring a urine drug screen to get an OAT prescription. We've implemented pandemic withdrawal management. More and more people are on the fentanyl patch. These are all huge improvements from when I started nursing. And it's frankly quite special to see that. Um, one of my high points is on my birthday in, was it 20? No, it must have been 2015. Uh, I was working at Crosstown and gave out one of the first legal and regulated doses of heroin or diacetyl morphine uh, in Canada. And what an incredible feeling it was to be a part of that, uh, a part of a bigger program that has made such an impact on so many people's lives. So our system is clearly not perfect. Primary care is not perfect. 
primary care for people who use drugs is not perfect. But in so many ways, the healthcare system and primary care programs have been able to listen to what clients need and have been able to address some of these emergent needs when we back up and look at it. I'd say the other main struggle, it's not unique to me, it's not unique to primary care, but it's seeing how much my nursing colleagues are contending with right now. At my workplace, I'm very grateful to be part of a supportive team and have a boss that values wellness. And at the same time, I see some days, some of my clinics are running at 25% of their baseline nurses because people are on leave or there are vacant lines that aren't being applied for, or our nurses just aren't well enough to be at work for whatever super valid reason. I'm hopeful at the same time that collective bargaining results in some positive changes that will support people that enter the profession, and more importantly, right now to stay in the profession. And unfortunately, it's not just a responsibility of the union or of the employer to address the burnout and moral distress that nurses are feeling. Like for myself and a lot of my colleagues, it stems from the fact that people we care for don't have access to safe housing or any housing or um, people are receiving monthly disability payments that are completely unlivable. People are using toxic drugs because we haven't seen a political will to address the drug supply. Access to mental health care is poor. So until our social systems change as well, I think it's going to be challenging to address the moral distress that nurses have going to work every day and being unable to provide the care for clients that's actually needed sometimes. But The successful and the hopeful side of that is that a lot of the nurses and other disciplines that I work with are really, really strong advocates for social change. They're vocal, they're out in the community, they're protesting or they're advocating in other ways, like talking to people in their lives about what's important, um, what changes we need to see in the healthcare system. So to me, a huge success is that I have the opportunity to work with so many other cool nurses who really understand that health begins in the community. Anything else? (laughs) Oh, no, I was going to say, like, that's so true, right? Like, I think that's the only reason, that's the only way I've even been able to be a nurse for the last almost 15 years is by connecting with other nurses that are like-minded and that believe so strongly that public health care is a good thing and want to be advocates and are really pro-social justice and want to be involved. So that's like, that's amazing. And that's also so cool that you started with the Salome project. Yeah, yeah. And it's so like, I don't know uh, about you too, but I was taught in nursing school that politics, big P or little P politics, stay out of nursing. But to me, I'm like, my career is highly political. And if I, I didn't work in a field other than primary care, other than substance use, where my other colleagues didn't like weren't on the same page. I think it it would be really hard. So it's nice to go to work every day and and our jobs are hard enough and to not have to explain that to other nurses is amazing. Yeah. In in the last two years, even in the last few months, there's been a ton of changes in primary care in BC, but also like a lot of changes, structural changes. Um, that have happened in Vancouver. We would like you to share your thoughts a bit about the future of primary care and your thoughts on the future of primary care nursing in BC. Ooh, okay. I will answer those things separately, like primary care versus primary care nursing. Well, there have been a lot of significant updates recently, as you said. The most recent announcement about the change to the fee-for-service structure and about the um, compensation structure for physicians. I know that that has been a contentious topic for some nurses and because absolutely nurses 
nurses also deserve higher wages and um, and better working conditions. At the same time, I was really excited to hear that announcement. I see the work that primary care physicians do every single day. It is damn hard work. They pour their heart and souls into it and they do a lot of unpaid work. I think that the, the financial piece is highly deserved. I also think like historically in primary care in BC and, and beyond BC, GPs have been expected to be not just GPs, but also counselors, social workers, nurses, all of it, because they have worked in unsupported models in fee-for-service settings. So to see a shift away from that is really exciting. And I think it could have significant impacts on the number of, of people matched to primary care in our province and also the quality of care that they're getting. I'm excited to see how NPs fit into all of this. They might have said that and I've missed it, to be fair, but I'm looking forward to seeing that role grow as well. The other part of the announcements that I am really hopeful about, I'm excited to see how it's operationalized, is this ongoing focus and commitment to team-based care. Like I said, GPs have been working in these siloed environments for so long and, um, you know, some like that model and that's cool. But if there are some more commitment and more investment in team-based care, then that's an opportunity to pull in other disciplines like nursing and like social work and counseling and outreach workers who have so much value to add to the primary care system. And I'm glad to see that there's a recognition that individual clients, individual needs should be met by their right provider at the right time, knowing that that provider in a primary care setting is not always a GP. So I'm so relieved to see some of the changes coming to primary care. It's not good right now. It's going to take a while. And I really do believe that things are going to get better uh, for the province. That's my future of primary care thought. So primary care nursing in BC, I will build on that thought a little bit. There have been huge investments in primary care nursing, at least in, in the lower mainland and I expect outside the province or outside other areas of the province too but I'm I'm just unsure and so many new roles have been developed for primary care networks and other primary care programs and that's great and at the same time primary care nursing has never really been taught in undergrad programs I had a clinical group at the start of 2021 and that was like my most recent encounter with an undergrad program, but as I understood it, it was still unclear what the role of primary care nurses are. So what's a little bit challenging with all these new investments is we're hiring so many nurses into these roles without really good understanding of what primary care nursing is. So we're seeing um, more leadership roles coming in primary care, more nursing leadership roles, which is amazing because our nurses need the the guidance and clear expectations for the kind of care that they should be providing rather than being put in a situation where they're expected to guess what their role is. So they're, you know, I'm heavily biased towards primary care nursing, but I love, 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 love the fact that we have been able to really optimize our scope as nurses in primary care in the city over the last five to 10 years. I'm really grateful that I get to do that work in my current role. And so I think in the future, the scope of the primary care nurse 
is just going to get more and more optimal. Like we're seeing the nurse prescribing for OAT as a temporary measure to address the toxic drug supply. I hope it's going to become a permanent measure and I hope that we're going to be able to see some more unique opportunities like that in primary care. It's becoming a permanent measure. It is becoming a permanent, yeah. It is. As as an aside, yeah, it is. That's very exciting. And then that'll be interesting to see if there will be like permanent roles for those sorts of jobs as well. But yeah, very cool. It's such a cool time to be watching what's happening in the community. And I couldn't agree more that community is where people live. It's where health plays out. And so it's one thing to have people cared for when they're the most unwell in hospital, but seeing these investments and adjustments in community care in recent months and years is promising. And it's cool to see that the three of us are 10 plus years into our career, and we see this as an exciting, promising time. And then in that regard, you mentioned that kind of that challenge of maybe nurses in their undergrad programs, not necessarily getting a robust training in primary care, or thinking of nurses who've worked in other areas of the healthcare system and wanting to transition into primary care. Do you have any advice that you would share with nurses out there um, who are interested in working in primary care, but aren't quite sure how to make the shift or aren't quite sure what that next step might be? Yes, I have advice for nurses and I have advice for systems. (laughs) Like, and thank you, Claire, for naming that this is like, we have reason for optimism and for celebrating some of those successes, just seeing where the future of nursing is going. And so if we're pulling all of the nurses into primary care, then I really think that at a systems level, university level, um, health authority level, we should be designing some hardier training programs similar to the ones that nurses who enter ICU get, like a, a commitment to employment for a period in exchange for a more rigorous education process. But that aside, I think if if nurses are interested in working in primary care and aren't sure how to make the shift, my again biased advice would be jump in with both feet. There is not a better time to join primary care nursing because the exciting part of all of this is that many nurses do have a bit of an opportunity to really grow and develop within these primary care nursing roles. There are a lot of nurses around who have been doing primary care work for a long time. So just start talking to people, find your mentor. Myself, lots of my colleagues are really, really excited to teach formally, informally, to bring nurses in and have them see like the excitement and the beauty that is primary care and provide advice for them. And there are so many uh, learning opportunities out there right now. Some of them cost some not, but there are like a lot of webinars through like the Patient Quality and Safety Council that are related to primary care that people can have a listen to, see if it's for them. They can, people can always reach out to me and chat. But I really think like any area of nursing, if it's something you're interested in, go for it. Um, find your mentors, find your partners, find people who you can lean on, knowing that no area is ever easy. Primary care nursing is not an exception. But it is so rewarding, the amount of learning that uh, someone has to do to pick up primary care nursing is really related by um, the yeah amount of rewarding moments that you find being able to provide care for people within their communities. I think it's good for nurses to hear that even if you don't have edu- like formal education or formal training, that it's okay to reach out and it's okay to jump in with both feet and not be afraid because if you're willing to do the work and you're willing to do the learning, then those opportunities 
are starting to be there for them. And you don't always have to be like locked into the acute care setting and like locked into a 24 seven setting in order to be a nurse. Because I think we get into that mindset sometimes that the like the only nursing is hospital nursing. And then there's very few sporadic scattered opportunities outside of the hospital setting. Yeah. So that's great to hear. Totally. And and actually, Michelle, you just made me think of something too, because the beauty of primary care is that it's a very general specialty. And so no employer, no colleague is going to expect you to know everything. I've been doing work for a long time. I do not even come close to knowing everything. So it's quite, it's quite beautiful in that regard is like, there's no shame. I mean, people have dozens and dozens of like chronic conditions and of health challenges they come in with no GPs know it all, no nurses know it all. So every single day, I'm sure myself and all of my colleagues come across something where we're like, no, I don't know, someone else will though. And then we go and find out, like there's no expectation for you to be performing at this unattainable level in primary care nursing. So you can kind of come in with a fresh slate and just be open to picking up what you can. Do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share or we end our conversation? Um, I think we've covered a lot of it. I just, yeah, want to reiterate that primary care nursing is really an amazing place to be. If anyone's considering it, I really encourage you to check it out. The trust that you can build with clients in the community and the relational practice that uh, you get to foster is really unparalleled. You don't get that in acute care. Same with the opportunities to work collaboratively with other disciplines and to learn from other disciplines every day. They're all the time in primary care. So yeah, I would just encourage anyone who is interested to give it a go. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate hearing uh, your experience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was clear from Serena's wise words that we really can't overstate the importance of primary care nursing in the current healthcare context. This is a key part of the healthcare system, and it's part of the system that is beginning to truly blossom and transform. There couldn't be a better time for this growth, and we're so grateful to have had the chance to chat with Serena more about her work and about primary care nursing in general. We think Serena captured it best when she said, to me, home and community is where health is built. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Shift Change podcast. If you like this episode or want to share any feedback with us, please visit our website at www.theshiftchangepodcast.ca. Our website has blog posts, behind-the-scenes photos, and links to our Instagram and Twitter accounts. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much.